Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. We are with you as both a radio loop and, of course, as a podcast. Uh, now, I've explained it enough times. Today, probably, I'm, I'm just I'm going to give myself a day off from the explanations, the, the nearly technical ramblings, or as close as I can come to them, about the difference between the two. Suffice it to say, you're listening to one or the other source of this show, either as a radio loop or a podcast. We're glad to have you with us, and obviously you accessed the show. Uh, you could have accessed it through pretty much any podcast source that you have, looking for Center Left Radio, or you simply went to our homepage, found the two links sitting there at www.centerlefttalkradio.com, chose the one you wanted, and you are here listening to us. We welcome you, and I'm very glad that you're back with us again. If you are a, uh, a return listener or a regular listener or even a first-time listener, um, we're, in a, we're in a weird moment, uh, a weird historical moment here right now. A according, to, according to Donald, uh, and, and, and this is going to be a relatively short show today. I'll let, I'll let everybody know this up front. I really just have one central idea I want to get across. Normally our shows run about a little under an hour. This will be substantially less. I just want to, I just want to get a basic thought across today. Um, we live in, an, in a historically unprecedented time. Uh, on Saturday... The disgraced former twice impeached president of the United States, Donald Trump, uh, called for people to show up in Manhattan and protest at what he claimed would be his indictment. That's, that's today, today, Tuesday, Tuesday, the 21st of March in the year 2023. Donald, Donald told the masses on, what does he call it, Truth Social, which I don't think he owns or someone else has putting up the money for it. It's always someone else's money. But the idea was to basically get the base riled up and get people to show up in Manhattan in very much the same way he got people to come to uh, Washington, D.C. for January 6th, uh, 2021. So here we are, a little more than two years later, and Donald is doing the same thing, presumably with the same intention. Not presumably, well, it's obviously with the same intention. He, he, has, he has bolstered that statement, the demand, the request, the plea for people to show up with the statement that they are going to destroy it and I, leading you, am the only thing left to save this country. Now, if that is not a call to arms, nothing is a call to arms. So here is a person on the verge of indictment for a crime 
that has already had one person go to prison. Michael Cohen has gone to jail already over the Stormy Daniels hush, hush money payments going back to, uh, I guess those were done during the, uh, the original 2016 campaign, uh, and it was an effort not long after the Access Hollywood tape uh, was, came out to basically uh, shut down any further discussion about Donald's sexual indiscretions. So a deal was struck with Stormy Daniels to pay her, and, uh, uh, and a woman named Susan McDougall as well, another, another woman, uh, I, I don't know if she was just a porn star or a hooker, I forget what the deal was with her, but in any event, he paid hush money to these two women, his own check, his own signature, it was all there. He paid them to basically shut up. Actually, it was the money was used to buy the story. The story was purchased by the New York Post, and it was a, uh, a catch-and-kill situation. You know the story on this, basically. And it's been the object, it was the object of the prosecution of Michael Cohen, and Cohen essentially, for other things as well, went to prison and served 18 years in Otisville, upstate. The standard federal deal that happens when people are convicted at his level of conviction. During the sentencing, and, and by the way, Cohen pled guilty to the crimes. Okay, he pled guilty. Now, understand, in federal court... It isn't simply enough to simply plead. You can't just allocate to uh, a, a guilty plea. You can't allocate to a crime alone. There has to be proof. The court must be convinced as well that the crime, in fact, was committed by you. We, the, the, the federal courts... And I gather most state courts, I would hope, but the federal courts are not interested in someone taking a fall for somebody else. If you're going to say you committed a crime, there has to be the requisite amount of proof that would have otherwise convicted you available to basically back up your assertion of guilt. And that was the case here in the federal suit in the Southern District of New York that sent Michael Cohen to prison in Otisville for 18 months. He was found by, a, beyond a reasonable doubt, to have committed the crimes. And in the sentencing memo that accompanies these sorts of things, the statement was made by the court by the by the US district by the US attorney and with of course the approval of the court it was a finding it was a judicially recognized finding of this case that what Michael Cohen did in presenting the $137,000 in hush money to Stormy Daniels was done at the behest of at the request of an unindicted person called Person One. And everybody has since learned, and the word has been out for some time, that Person One was none other than Donald. Donald basically directed this. Now, Donald, of course, has since 
denied. I, I don't know. Has he has he sometimes affirmed? But but late, most lately, he has denied ever having had an affair with Stormy Daniels. He has denied ever authorizing these payments. Uh, it was oh, and 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 the story switches around to well, actually, it was a payment that was made before. I would have made this payment even if there wasn't a presidential campaign going on. Therefore, it can't be a violation of federal campaign laws, and that's another argument there. And then one of the best ones was yesterday when Bob Costello, who was a former attorney for um, Michael Cohen, showed up and came in, I, I gather voluntarily, to the grand jury sitting at 100 Center Street in Manhattan, in an effort to basically counter much of the testimony that has been elicited for and on behalf of that grand jury so far in attempting to reach an indictment or not indict Donald Trump. Every indication is that he is going to be indicted this week. But in any event, so Bob Costello, attorney for, uh, former attorney for Michael Cohen, shows up and attempts to basically rebut what has been said to the grand jury so far, presumably information coming from Michael Cohen. Now, this is, this is a, an interesting quirk of the New York grand jury system uh, in, the criminal, in, in the approach to a criminal indictment or not. When it becomes apparent that an indictment is imminent, the the accused or the potentially accused, the recipient of that indictment, will be given the opportunity to appear before the grand jury to offer a rebuttal. It's an unusual quirk in the New York law, but this is basically the basis on which uh, Costello Bob Costello shows up at the grand with the grand jury. Yes, now it, it it should have been Trump would have been the obvious person to go. But but whatever with with whatever machinations went on within Trump world and his people, Bob Costello shows up. And an odd thing happens before the grand jury, and 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 this is. This is, this is a curious situation. Uh, remember, the grand jury has been sitting now for several weeks or months. They have heard from Michael Cohen on countless occasions. He's put in, I think, somewhere in the range of five or eight hours of testimony before this grand jury. There has been meticulous documentation to back up everything that Cohen has said or basically to create, to create the paper trail necessary to support the indictment, the potential indictment coming down. And also as part of the New York quirk when it comes, remember this is a New York state case, this is not a federal case, but part of the New York quirk when it comes to grand juries, uh, criminal indictment situations or pending criminal indictments, when a rebuttal witness is allowed for the potentially in, or about to be indicted individual, the object of the, of the uh, investigation of the grand jury hearings, there is also a rebuttal to that rebuttal permissible. So that, so that um, uh, 
Michael Cohen was there or nearby, he was not in the same room as I gather, not in the same room, not, not before the grand jury or sitting next to uh, Bob Costello while Costello is giving his testimony. I gather it was a little under two hours that, that Costello appeared there. But, but Cohen is available to be brought in once that has been heard, and he can be requested to be brought in to basically rebut whatever the hell was being said by Costello, in, in, this, in, in this case, in two hours. And it would not be unusual for a prime witness like a Cohen to be brought in in this situation, but he was not, I stress, he was not requested to come in and rebut anything that, that Bob Costello said during his time before the grand jury. There was apparently no need to bring him in. Now, you, you, there's, a, there's any number of inferences that could be drawn from this. The one that I choose to draw is that Bob Costello, at a minimum, did not make a convincing case against Michael Cohen or did not make a convincing case to the extent that it would basically obviate the need to indict Donald Trump. Costello did not do his job. And, and many people would say, many lawyers would say, pe lawyers involved in this situation would suggest that Costello was simply the wrong guy to send in there in this situation. You, you, you have to consider the atmospherics of this and recognize that the grand jury is not a sequestered grand jury. They are living in the real world. They are hearing what's going on all around them. They are aware, as you are aware and I am aware, that there is a full court press going on within the Republican Party to besmirch, to belittle, to humiliate, to basically cow Alvin Bragg and the New York District Attorney's Office in, in, in their efforts to stop, to in essence stop them would be the obvious goal of this, to, or to somehow make impossible the further prosecution of Donald Trump. Beyond just the verbal garbage that is usually out there, we love you Donald equivalents and everything else, the Judiciary Committee under crazy boy Ron Johnson there, whatever is, you know, in, 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 in the Congress on the, on, the, uh, on the House side, sends a letter to, uh, to Bragg demanding that he appear before the Judiciary Committee, I believe uh, tomorrow or today or something, to explain whether or not there are federal funds being given to him and to explain why he is conducting the equivalent of a witch hunt. Uh, in what? What? This is... Every time I think I've heard the, the, the most outlandish and outrageous 
miscarriages of of the, the most inappropriate, the most insane, the most it, 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 and it's more than that. It, the, the, the most amateurish, the most unprofessional, the most, the most self-descriptive self in the most negative possible way behavior of Republicans these days, it always seems there's another shoe to drop. And, and, and here it is. And, and this wasn't only done by the Judiciary Committee, another of the House committees, with the blessing of, with the blessing of, 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 of you know, of, of, of our wonderful, of the 15-vote speaker uh, as well, and and everybody out there just just pay, pounding the pavement and saying, you know, of course, of course, Donald, we love you, we love you, are are actually attempting to directly interfere with a state prosecution. Now, these are the same Republicans who jump up and down forever and yell states' rights, states' rights, the federal government is getting in our way, obviously until there is something that they don't like. And in this case, it's they're, they're pushing Donald. They know that, they're only, that the only pathway to the nomination and therefore the only pathway to ultimate power, the possibility of the presidency, is via the base. Everybody has conceded in the Republican Party that the base, the mob, the, the culture, the cultivated mob is what runs the Republican Party. Well, therefore, we must keep feeding it. We've created this monster we, we, we recognize that back in 2016 that we'd created a monster, a monster that was capable of actually nominating Donald Trump. And we've, and the Republican, I'm speaking as though I were part of it, I'm not, but we don't know what to do with it, except we know that it's powerful. And we also know that much of what it wants is conspiracy theory, is angry, it's, it's anti-Semitism, it's pro-guns, it's, it's it's violence orientation. It is illogical. It is pure, outright damned lies. It feeds on this. And boy, can we produce them. We're not going to make an effort to basically resolve or clear up or change or basically um, acculturate or in any other way r reduce the madness that these people are feasting on. No, we are going to feed it and make it as crazy as possible because to be perfectly honest, these are our people. These crazies, these, this mob is basically us. It's the Republican Party. And if it's not us, well, we will concede, we will basically kowtow to this part of the Republican Party because we don't know how not to. And we don't know how not to basically bow down to Donald. Donald, for his part, basically is saying, come to New York and riot in my name commit crimes again, repeat January 6th, not even saying do it peacefully. No, come here, and if we don't take it back, that's it, it's over. We have to take back our country. Our country is going away. We, duh, how do you do this? 
Never in my lifetime, never have I seen, imagined, or in any other way uh, calculated the possibility that there would be an organized effort by one political party in the name, in its own name, to basically thwart the justice system in any location and any form in this country. In essence, we don't like it, therefore we are going to destroy the system or will destroy your system, which is just to say the system. If you destroy one part of it, you destroy all of it. it is all, it's all interactive. So we, the Republican Party now, want to destroy the criminal justice system in New York, or we want to be able to control it. We're doing this openly. We are calling for violence. We are not even, we're barely dog whistling the fact that it's, that he's a, that Alvin Bragg is a George Soros supported, I don't know how, but that's just so you have the Jewish, you know, the, the, the international Jewish banker angle that's in there. Apparently DeSantis found a way to slip that into a comment the other day as well. And Trump basically is saying, get out there and fight like all hell for me. I want another riot. I want more danger. I want more horror. And the grand jury is hearing this. And any potential jury is hearing this as well. Any potential jury, any potential jury pool members for this trial are hearing this as well. Now... In Donald's case, well, I, I have to add something else that happened yesterday concerning um, uh, Costello, Bob Costello, the attorney who was doing the rebuttal on behalf of Trump. He had, uh, obviously, a news conference afterwards in which he attempt, attempted to basically make his points, and, of course, his point was to discredit Michael Cohen. But to discredit Michael Cohen... What Costello, what it boiled down to in this, in this conference, this news conference that he had, press conference, on the sidewalk in front of 100 Center Street, it came down to this. To discredit, to discredit Michael Cohen, you would have to believe that Michael Cohen took it upon himself to pay the money to Stormy Daniels for whatever reason, he felt it was a thing that he had to do, then decided he needed to get his money back from Donald for doing this, and Donald was felt pressured and obligated to give this money to Michael, that, that the entire... The entire process is reversed. No, 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 no. It was Cohen who wanted to pay Stormy Daniels, not Donald Trump. That somehow there was motivation and incentive for, for Michael, Co Michael Cohen that didn't exist for Donald Trump, that Trump wasn't part of this. And you would also have to believe, if you want to swallow this garbage, you would have to believe that the findings that the sentencing memo put out by the Southern District of New York, which sentenced Cohen, 
everything about it and all the facts that were accumulated during that case, forget about all the grand jury information here for New York on top of that, but that all the information that said that he, that Cohen was acting on behest, at the behest of Donald Trump, all of that was just some casual statement made with no factual basis whatsoever. Costello comes out before the microphones after uh, being a rebuttal witness and basically sells this or tries to sell it with the realization that this is nothing more than, than, than the standard Trump playbook. You attempt to muddy the waters. You throw some doubt in there. You get all hands to go out and basically claim grievance, grievance, grievance with no factual basis ever. You make up the facts. You lie. Costello is lying, obviously. He knows better, but he can't be... Now, did he lie to the grand jury when he was in the grand jury? Did his testimony match what he said on the street? Did he say that I know, I believe that, in fact, Michael Cohen basically did this on his own? Now, you were Cohen's attorney, pal. Is this basically what you... Did, did, did this guy run the risk of lying to the grand jury as an attorney that could end his legal career, certainly, and could basically find him basically the object of prosecution? Do you think he said what he said on the street to the grand jury? I think not. But that doesn't stop him from saying what he's saying on the street. And it doesn't stop the Republican Party and the leaders of the Republican Party and the heads of the Congress and the heads of the various committees from doing purely political acts in the furtherance of blocking the operation of the judicial system in the state of New York. And, if, and in furtherance also of having the mobs coming in and showing up and everything else. None of this, none of this seems to matter to the Republicans. It doesn't matter to Donald. It doesn't matter to any of these people. It is basically this total thwarting and total thumbing of one's nose at the prosecutorial and judicial systems, simply because, well, we don't have it our way. It wasn't our way in the last election, and we therefore have the right to basically make it our way going forward any damned way we like. There is no rule that prevents us from basically screwing with the system to get to our end. Donald is our God, Donald is our hero, and we can do anything both to promote and protect him. It doesn't matter what history and precedent and the law and propriety and the Constitution and everything else says. It doesn't matter what professionalism would dictate we should do. It doesn't matter that this is the most unprofessional behavior humanly imaginable. From, from no, no less than the Speaker of the House and heads of major committees, this is unthinkable. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. All that matters is that we basically pander to the base. The equation is simple. The transaction is simple. We must keep the red meat flowing, and boy, oh boy, is this an opportunity for red meat. And damn it, get ready. We're going to shovel it down your throats.
Now, you may not want to notice that yesterday, as all of this crap is going on, four more members of the Proud Boys uh, were convicted and will be doing jail time. They, they weren't convicted of a seditious conspiracy. I think they were convicted of whatever the next lower charge is, wherever the, ca wherever the, uh, the federal cases are being brought right now. Um, it's riot or whatever, or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, the, I, didn't, I don't know what the exact charge is. I didn't, read the, I didn't read the information. But they're going to prison for this. And there have been several hundred people who have gone to prison for this. People, people forget this. I, I, I would suggest they shouldn't that while the Republican Party seems hell-bent on either forgetting or destroying the constitutional basis of law in this country, the law is still continuing to play out. The, the, the forgotten idiots who basically were convinced to come down and to basically riot on Donald's behalf on January 6, 2021, in the ridiculous belief that they could basically keep Donald president of the United States. Why? Because he had told them they could, so that his lie to them basically became the motivation for their actions. These same people are going to prison, and Donald isn't there basically uh, to support them and going to the to the court courthouses and saying, "I support this guy. I feel so bad for him." It's no, boy. What he has done, or people around him have done, have dangled the notion that if Donald becomes president again, well, there could be pardons, a whole bunch of pardons out there, because these are great Americans. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's being dangled all over the place. And Donald has already said outright, this was a, le a week or so ago, as we were moving closer and closer to this indictment, this very, very pending indictment, that if he is elected president again, this would be a retribution Tour. I will be your retribution, were, was his exact words. This is on some truth social, or maybe he said it from some platform. Some, maybe he said it at, at, uh, at uh, CPAC. Or I, I will be your retribution. Th these are desperate words from someone who knows that it's all on the line. And the only way to basically, the only hope he has, since, and, and I, again, I go back to his niece, Mary Trump. Uh, again, the book, the, the, she was basically, you know, a, a lawsuit against her and she had to finally be quiet and everything. But the book, Donald, Too Much and Never Enough was the title of the book referring to her uncle Donald. Too much and never enough. She's a, she's a practicing psychologist, licensed psychologist. That this guy can't stop. That he has to double down further and further and further. That he can never, there are no brakes. That he basically has no steering wheel, no brakes. The, the, the accelerator has been welded to the floor and the car just keeps accelerating. And that's it. That's Donald. Now, in the process of doing that, 
That's not to say he can't be a little crafty in doing the things that he does as the car is accelerating towards what? Oblivion, I would say, in this situation. But the point is to constantly drag, drag things outside the windows that throw up sand and gravel, that muddy the waters if you're driving through a swamp, to constantly obfuscate, to constantly confuse, to do things that the base will be sort of sort of thrown off by that it will give the base just enough of a reason without any rationality without any factual basis to continue their drive their need for red meat donald is a effing genius when it comes to this this is but this is all he's got it's all he's got in the tank he doesn't have facts he doesn't have law he has noise, and he knows how to make noise. He knows how to be on stage. He knows how to play like he's the tough guy. He knows all of this. He's been doing it his whole life. He's gotten away with just about everything forever. Now he is facing an indictment. And, and, and this is a massive, massive hurdle. Not, not, well, no, I shouldn't call that. This is a massive change. Because once he's indicted, once he's in the system, once he is a criminal defendant, everything immediately begins to change. His efforts to undermine the authority of the court and the district attorney Alvin Bragg, will not be tolerated by the courts. The moment he opens his mouth outside of the courtroom and says, this is a lie, he's lied, and that he should, and I want you to come and I want you to attend, that will, he will be just slapped down. Now, he, he may be censured. We have, we have plenty. This was done to, uh, to Stone, to Roger Stone. Stone couldn't shut his mouth any more than Trump could. Again, you know, the Trump wannabe, the guy with the, he had a Nixon tattoo on his back, Roger Stone. You'll hear more about him in time. I don't know. He, he was, well, he was pardoned by Trump. Naturally. Who else, you know? Him and Flynn and Manicord and Manafort and that whole crowd, you know. And if Rudy had been, well, who knows? Now he can't, he can't, he can't uh, bring Rudy's uh, law licenses back. That's for sure. Th this, this is, this is not going to be tolerated by the court. And, and Donald has to know that. His attorneys have to know that. So that there's this desperate, this final desperation move here to do something, to somehow <coughs> at least leave the impression within the minds of his followers that something awful has been done. To give Donald some sense, some feeling that he's still in control. But the reality will be that once he is a defendant in a criminal case, he is not in control. And his minions will rapidly recognize that he is not in control. Now, that may not stop the Republican Congress from from basically, from the idiots like McCarthy and the whole crowd there, from attempting to basically uh, sully the process or, or somehow interfere with the process. But once they are interfering with an actual criminal case, 
Once they are doing that, they are basically ensuring, guaranteeing that the presidency will not rest in the hands of Republicans. Not that, not that there's any chance, any re reasonable chance that that would happen now anyway, but they are guaranteeing that the American people, the rational forget it, all Democrats, of course, but then that center group, the people that usually are responsible for creating the final results of an election, that little middle group, that, that uncommitted, the independent group, will look at this and say, do we want these people running this country? Beyond just what, beyond the presidential slot that will be filled in 2024, do you want these Republicans, remember, we're still in the middle of a, in the middle of a budget battle, we still haven't resolved the national, uh, uh, all that, that, that's still out there. Okay, the budget is still not finalized. The Republicans are attempting to play this game. They've put up a budget that is insane. I think Biden referred to it as uh, some, just basically cast it aside as, as insane. They put something out that is, again, dream stuff for the Looney Tune fringe because that's all McCarthy is responding to. It's not even a negotiating position. So whether or not they can come to some reasonable conclusion that will allow the lifting of the debt ceiling and the payment of the monies, that, well, that's basically it, pay the monies that are already out there, and to basically have a budget, I don't know. With all of this, with all of the fever that they're going through with Donald, all of this other garbage, how, is this the moment that they completely go off the rails and do things that are so whack-a-mole-ish and, and make demands that are so impossible that the American people look at this, and especially that, that independent swath of us, and says, not only can we not have a president doing this, we can't have a Congress that is behaving this way. We can't. Now remember, Democrats would be running the House of Representatives. If you, you know, one, one, mathematic, one, one mathematical model of this, if you have four additional seats, those seats were in New York. And the New York Democratic Party did a horrific job. New York Democrats Party, Democratic Party, okay, uh, Santos, remember the name, Santos, was elected in Long Island in what had been a Democratic district. And there was some redistricting, and the New York State courts went with it. But the, I, 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 I put a lot of this in the laps of the New York Democratic Party. Now, having said that, we came, the Democrats came infinitely close to holding on to the House when under all of the rules and all of the historical precedent regarding a midterm election, they should have, they should have been virtually wiped out in the, this midterm election. I see every reason to believe that there will be a massive swing away from Republicans in 2024 as a result of what is being done, as a result of the total disregard for process, for system, for law, because of the, of the, of the, of the basic cultism this, 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 this religion of Donald that has been embraced to the exclusion 
of law and procedure and process in any recognizable form. That basically you have really one of two scenarios. We're being forced into one of two, one of two end games here. This is basically what I, and I can't imagine it could be any other way. Either Donald and the Republicans take, hit, are hit with one of the worst sets of losses in electoral history, uh, in, a, in a presidential, the presidency and both houses by big numbers, big numbers, either that or, or somehow the Republicans are able to undermine the entire legislative, judicial, and constitutional process of the country. The law and the operation of law becomes ineffective. It becomes meaningless. They are able, the, the Republicans are able to basically just throw anything they want in any direction they want by ignoring all procedure, law, and constitutionality. Now, it, 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 it sounds unlikely, but it's possible. Could it happen within the next two years? I, I imagine, I imagine, yes, I mean, it, it's a possibility. The likelihood, very, very slim. The probability, very, 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 very low. But that is the direction that the Republican Party is going in. They are, they are stuck in that little clown car racing headlong. Right now, it's probably up around 120 miles an hour on a one-way street, basically with the, with the accelerator welded to the floor with no steering wheel, with no shifter, no nothing, just going straight ahead and everybody is constantly screaming and hoping that they won't hear their fear over the sound of their own screams, over their own noise. Everybody afraid that they won't do enough to make the base like them. Everybody afraid that they won't continue to cultivate the lies and the foolishness and the stupidity that have brought them to this point. Everybody afraid that they won't do enough to lose elections so they can blame someone else other than themselves. Everybody wondering how will it end and no one taking any moves, making any moves to end this madness. You end the madness by educating the base and telling them the truth. Donald lost, we're not going with him anymore, we have to find a rational way of being a party. Are you in or out? No, if you're crazy, go back under the rocks that you were under before. Before we embraced, you know, that, that one-third crazy part of the country that's always there. And we embraced you and said, by the way, you're not just, you know, under rocks. You're now officially what the Republican Party is all about. You can do it in the daylight. You can do it in the sunshine. You can yell and scream and shout conspiracies and go nuts and say, Donald is the president and he won. You, we will support you. No one is, no one seems to have the, or, there, or there's not enough of a cohesive force within the Republican Party to basically counter all the madness. So the only way out of this would appear to be when the Republicans lose enough and assuming that they don't attempt, somehow, attempt uh, a coup within the United States government directly, that we are not driven to that point. That, it's, it, is it a possibility? 
I would have never believed that I would have heard uh, the, the head of the Judiciary Committee for the House basically attempting to summon a DA to Washington to thwart an investigation or to thwart a trial from start. I would have never imagined that in a billion years. It's, it's so beyond the pale. Everything has been so beyond the pale with these people. Is it possible? Yeah. A coup or some effort towards a coup. I, uh, many would argue that we're in the middle of people attempting coups right now, but a, a, a functional version of that, something with some chance of actually succeeding, could it happen? <sighs> slim, 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 slim chance. I do believe then the, the more likely scenario is that the Republicans are just going to have to fail their way into utter and complete insignificance. They're going to basically, well, and, 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 and that will happen with the next loss in 2024. But beyond that, Donald is simply going to have to wear out. Donald approaching 80 is going to have to basically say, I have nowhere else to go. And Donald very likely will be convicted in at least one of the four or five major criminal trials that are pending against him right now, and he will probably be in prison. That's going to make a lot of his followers very unhappy, but it's also going to leave them effectively powerless. And I've, I've, I've raised this on this show on several occasions before. You don't want to become so crazed in this country. You don't want things to go so badly that the only final structural mechanism to bring any semblance of order remains the military. You know, the strongest military on earth, the largest, most powerful, the most weapons, the most sophisticated, the best trained, the, be the American military. You don't want to put the American military in a position where either the whole place falls apart or we take it over. It, it would be repugnant to the military, but if there's a few crazies in there, you, you, you don't know. You don't want to go this far. And it, it, it's, a, it's a constant mystery to me. How far will the Republicans go? How far until they, until they, they grow a collective set among them and say, enough of this? Apparently, one argument would be that it's, it's beyond the point of stopping right now, that there's no way to do it, that it's going to have to play itself out and they're going to have to go into self-destruct. The other argument is, is that there is enough power and thoughtfulness out there that, that, and enough money that at some point in the not too far distant future, it'll be, wait a minute, that's it, enough of this crap. And the, uh, and the Koch brothers crowd, and the, and the, uh, and uh, who else? The, um, uh, uh, there, there's another major group that held a, basically a counter uh, event while CPAC was going on. Um, oh, I can't think of the name. L large, large donor base organization. That, that somehow there are forces that can overcome the madness of this base feeding that's going on right now, the bottom base feeding. I don't know. 
I don't know how this is going to play out. I do feel confident that within the next mm, 72 hours, Donald will be indicted, that for the first time in our history, we will have the indictment of a former president for crimes, and that this is the first of many indictments, and that he will be convicted and, and basically sentenced in at least one or several of the cases coming up, and he knows it. He knows that, 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 that when, when the, when the uh, indictment comes, it's crossing, it's, it's crossing a bridge. There is no return from that bridge. He will have crossed the Rubicon. There's no way back. No amount of lying, no amount of uh, posturing, no amount of, uh, of basically uh, misdirection. There's no way back. He'll be in the criminal system. And either we'll deal with it, or we won't. Or, well, let's say Republicans will deal with it, or they won't. Either way, either way, the world changes. A big change happens when this indictment comes down. And we basically cross our fingers. Yeah, some of us. Others continue working all the harder to make sure that the system, as imperfect as it may be, has a chance to work things out. And that Donald is not allowed to even imagine for a second that he is not subject to the same system, the same rules, the same laws, the same processes, the same results as the rest of us. You know, the rest of us who would have been in jail a couple of years or more by now for stuff that Donald did, even going back to the Stormy Daniels situation. The rest of us. Welcome to the rest of us, Donald. Good luck. A little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, Thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you so much for being part of today's show. Donald Trump is standing at the equivalent of the uh, theoretical physics event horizon of a black hole. Once he is indicted, he crosses the event horizon. Nothing comes back from that. You are in the system. The system takes over. If his people attempt to stop the system, one of two things happen. Either they are stopped or the country ceases to be a constitutional system. Take your choice.